is not the podcast to be listening to in the car with your kids. Um, it's definitely not PG. Maybe a conservative grandmother or mother wouldn't exactly appreciate the language because I cuss a lot. Sorry, not sorry. But I do hope this brings you a little LOL moment, makes you think, honey, roller coaster of emotions. Hold on to your nipples. We're about to enter 30 Paws. Guess who's back in the motherfucking house? I don't know why I really said that, but I just felt like I needed to because it's been a few weeks, my friends. It's been a few weeks, and well, honestly, she needed a breaky break. You can't force the podspiration, you know? I've learned that throughout this journey and this process, but it really is true. Can't force it. Also, you know, I'm going to get it a little bit later into um, how cancer season and the summer sads just really are a real thing. And so she just needed a moment, you know. It's like I'm fresh out of PTO, guys, and I can't go anywhere. You know what I mean? I'm going to Italy in November. I'm kind of like stuck here in the sense of just like, Every season, I really do try and go somewhere, go see some friends out of town, do something. For me, it just fills my cup and my soul is just so much happier when I know I have a place to look forward to go to um, and some friends to see. And ever since I moved back here, um, you know, I've been doing that quite a bit. And now, because of, you know, I'm a slave to the PTO, I really can't do that. Um, so, that's kind of wearing on me. It's wearing on your girl a bit, you know. And also, I just feel like at this time, everybody just wants your time and attention. And we're all just, like, really drained. For me, and I'm speaking for myself, I'm just kind of just, like, I'm, I'm a bit drained and I'm very tired. It doesn't matter how much sleep I get, I'm just very tired. I could just nap on nap on nap. And you know, if you know me, you know I love a nap ski. Um, if, if, if somebody said, Heather, it's 2 p.m., it's your nap time, I'd say, all right, where am I going? Where's my cot? Where's my pillow? Where's my um, white noise or my, my rain sound? You know, I would need a little something. Um, sometimes if I don't get enough sleep, um, I will nap during my, my lunch break and that's on God and that's for real, you know, sleep is muy, muy importante. So that's really the haps with me. Like also it's just like, what is going on? Where's the sunshine? There's so much rain. What's happening? This past weekend I went to the lake with my family, with my dad's side of the family and we felt like we were on the boat and we we're like, are we going to a football game? Is it November or is it going to be July? Because we were full blown. I didn't even put on a bathing suit. I was in yoga pants and a sweatshirt literally the whole weekend. It was rainy, cold, crappy. I mean, we definitely made the most of it. But at the same time, that just kind of sucked within itself. It's like, ugh, of course, it's going to be a shitty week. Constant rain, you know. It's just like blase. That's what the summers serve for me. 
blase. And I really don't enjoy the summer. I am not a summertime girl. I am never like that person that's like, oh, my God, I just can't wait for the summer. It's going to be so much. No. And it really doesn't matter where I lived. I've never been a summer babe. She's always been like a fall winter babe. I'm not saying like winter. I'm making snow angels outside. Um, but I do love a springtime moment and a fall moment. Do I really enjoy summer and winter? No, I don't like the extremes. I like the gray area, you know, and I really have been living my life in the gray area. Well, for about 34 years now, guys. So that's just kind of where I'm at. Um, we're just going to go straight in to release the particles because let me tell y'all, this one really grinds my gears and this one is the fact that people out here are still attracting COVID-19. <sighs> I don't have my acrylics on, but we got to release those particles right now. People are out here still getting in full-blown contact and getting sick with COVID-19. I don't understand at this point um, how... Uh, or why, but there's been multiple ways to get the vaccine. Um, I know that being vaccinated is definitely a personal choice, but if you are going down that route um, and you're not getting a vaccine, then, you know, continue to wear a mask and protect yourself, especially when you're, okay, Jackie, all right, honey, honey, she's recording the pod. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Oh, my God. She don't stop. Okay. So, any hoots. I, I, I just, you know, I don't know. Guys, I, to me, I'm just, this is my pot. I'm saying what I want. I, they're, just get the GD vaccine. Just, if there is some rhyme or reason why you don't have it, okay, fine, whatever. I'm not, whatever. That's your journey. That's your choice. But then protect yourself against other people because at this point, we are out here inconveniencing others' lives. Whole-ass lives. Well, I don't know what's in the vaccine. Fucking Google it. Google it. I did because there was so much misinformation. I was like, you know what? Let me go online and get into a, like a little medical journey. Journal, excuse me. And I went down a journey here. and And she really decided to to educate herself on the whole situation okay let me tell you a little bit something about me I never even gotten a flu shot in my entire life okay but when it was time and my age group was open to get the vaccine bet your fucking ass I was in online going through where can I get it Kroger where CVS da, da, da. I drove an hour one way to get the vaccine because I'm not fucking around with this COVID-19 too many lives have been tragically affected all of us whether people really actually want to believe this or not but every single human on this planet was severely affected by COVID-19 and there's different levels of this so I should really shouldn't say like severely but it's it all affected us 
It affected us mentally, physically, financially, spiritually. I mean, it just really put this whole world in a in a real pickle, to say the least. So I just the fact that, you know, we're out here still attracting COVID-19. Wow. Selfish. Selfish. And if, you know, that pisses you off, well, sorry, not sorry. I find it to be very, very naive and very selfish. So there's that. We're going to release the particles. We're going to keep this on the up and up. But, woo, that really grinds my gears. Another thing I wanted to let y'all know is I've, I've watched a few um, series you know, I love a TV series. Oh, honey. I really love a TV series. Um, but the latest one I've been watching and I watched four episodes last night was called Sex Life on Netflix. And um, since your girl really hasn't had any vitamin D in uh, quite some time, and the dry spell is very real. Um, wow. Wow. This woman has an exciting life good for her. Wow. Good for that character. But also, if you have watched it, what is going on with the friendship with her and her girlfriend? Like, I know they're friends and I kind of, I, I admire it, but at the same time, woo, that's, this shit gets weird. Shit gets weird. Um, so I just, yeah, I was in a deep hole and, and just, Got the update, got the, got the old update on some new latest shows that, um, I was watching and then I was just like, okay, so what is this sex life thing? And I, and I put her on last night and I binge for about four hours. So there's that great show. It's like soft core porn. Um, but with a good plot and I'm here for that. I'm here for that. I know, um, I was talking to a friend and he was just like, yeah, but I'm kind of afraid that this is kind of like where Hollywood's going. I'm like, no, it's not. To me, it's not where Hollywood's going because Hollywood can't afford to go there because Hollywood is still owned by a lot of old, rich white man, white men who, um, still don't want to pay their fair share of taxes and also know that, um, you know, people are going to be angry. And the people who can afford... Uh, subscriptions like Netflix and Hulu and HBO Max and and all that, um, they they're still gonna want their their wholesome shows. They're you know Virgin Rivers and their you know Sweet Magnolias and those little corny shows like that. I mean they're good. You know if you just want a good hometown good show, they're they're out there. But if you want to get some action, if you want to get some, you want to get down and dirty. Honey, sex life, good. Also, I find the plot is actually very relatable. It's just this woman who is going through these, like, flashbacks of her ex-boyfriend who was extremely toxic, um, but they had great sex. So, of course, that that is, you know, that happens. You have the most toxic person in your life, and you're finally over him, and then you find this amazing man, and she marries him, and she has his kids, and he's, you know, he's good on money and they have a beautiful house in Connecticut and then all of a sudden she just keeps you know bringing up this these images and then she runs into him and la-di-da-di-da so 
yeah, it, the the plot and insanity ensues, and a hot sex scenes ensue. So, honey, sex life, Netflix, do it to it, okay? You won't regret it. Let's get down to it. The summer sands. Whew. They are real. And I call them the summer sads because when I was about a sophomore, I think, in college, when I was living with my friend Angela, um, she and I were just, like, saying how the summer is always just such a bum, like a bummer of a time for us, and we don't know why, you know? It's like, what is going on? And we just called them the summer sads. This is way before Lana Del Rey wrote Summertime Sadness. So maybe we're trendsetters, maybe we just understand the soul of Lana. I don't know. You decide. But we get them, you know? And it's really just cancer season for me in general where I'm just like, oh, great, cancer season. No, I have a, a good handful of cancer friends. It's nothing against the cancer. Happy birthday to you. Um, but for me, it's very real. Every summer, I just kind of get in this self-reflective rut I need to have a big change I need to start making some actionable you know decisions and everything career love future it's 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 honey it's cancer season and and it obviously shows you know she's a glass case of emotions so I started reading um well, I should say I started listening because right now, guys, I don't know about you, but I was made to read so much in college that I sworn off reading um, really till about five years after I graduated college. Then I really started picking up books again and reading novels. And I would I'm I am a I am I blaze through a novel if I'm in it and it's a page turner. Oh, forget about it. I'm going to finish it in two or three days. I have literally been at stoplights and opened my book and continued reading. Like, it gets, I get pretty, pretty serious about it. But uh, that's not safe. And we're not doing that anymore. So, um, right now, I just, I, I think I just, I'm at to the point where my life where I just really have to listen to books. So, I listen to books and I listen to podcasts. So, um, this book I'm listening to is by the, you know, renowned um, amazing woman that she is, and I found her through Oprah, because, duh, Oprah, and her name is Brene Brown, obviously, if you haven't heard of her, I don't know what rock you've, um, lived under, but she's pretty freaking great, um, I listened to her, um, podcast, she has two podcasts, Dare to Lead and Unlocking Us, but I've listened to a lot more of the dare, of the Unlocking Us than I do the Dare to Lead podcast. But I have as of late. But I listen to both. And she started doing the Unlocking Us podcast. And she did the sister, she's doing the sister series with her two sisters. Um, and they are kind of going over the 10 guideposts in the 10th anniversary of her book called The Gifts of Imperfection. And... Woo, honey, I feel like this is something I'm always going to have to go back and listen to. I'm so thankful I actually listened to the podcast and followed her instructions and didn't like skip out on any of this because, um, 
you know, you go go to her website if you're really interested. I mean, go to her website, go to the gifts hub, and take the actual, um, I guess, assessment of sorts that you would say in regards to the t- to the ten guideposts of the gifts of imperfection. And it has really got me into a very reflective mind frame and perspective of really truly wanting to live a wholehearted life, a very, the most fulfilled life I could possibly can, um, you know, live. And it's just, it's got the wheels a turning, needless to say. So I'm going to um, read you this quote because this one just really just like, it, it, it had me in tears, to be honest, because I was just like, it, when something just connects with you, when it really speaks with you, and then it resonates so many situations and why you are the way you are, it's just, it's everything. So it says, um, connection is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. And I was just, I mean, you can unpack the shit out of just that sentence alone. But, you know, I was going through her website and I was just like, okay, I really want to take this assessment. I really want to see, you know, where I kind of weigh out. And I like how they didn't really give you a number anymore to a, of each guidepost and where you're at. It's either they they compared it to like a gas tank. Like you're you're at a full tank, you're three quarters of the way, you're halfway, you're a quarter tank left. And so um, I'm going to share with you where I'm at on, on my guideposts. So you have the, so think of it as, you know, a gas tank. And on E or on empty, you know, letting go of and cultivating. So we're letting go of is the E side or the left side. And then the cultivating is on the right side. So letting go of what people think and authenticity, I'm a little over a half a tank of gas there. I think that especially this past year and a half, I've been really practicing letting go what people think and just continuing to embrace, you know, my authentic self. Uh, The second one is perfectionism and self-compassion. And I'm a little less than a half a tank on that. I would say I'm a quarter tank. That is probably my lowest um, one. And that one, when I'm listening to the book, there was just like moments I would be on my way to the gym moments where I would be just in the car and I'm like oh shit that's me oh fuck that's me oh shit so what I love about Brene is that she's not just like giving you these um guideposts and saying oh you're you're a perfectionist and that's your problem She's, like, actually giving you, like, bold, actionable, like, steps and way to, ways to actually, you know, confront these parts of yourself that are not able or not enabling you to live your wholehearted life. Um, guidepost three is numbing and powerlessness. 
letting go of numbing and powerlessness and cultivating resilient spirit. I'm just a tad over a half a tank. That's really been a journey. And when I started 30 and being in my 30s and realizing and cultivating this language of 30 pause, I was just like, yeah, I am just numbing my way through it all and just being like, oh, that's life. And I'm, you know, going through the motions. You know, I think what's actually the bravest thing I've done during 30 pause is really for me to just, uh, you know, for me to, to admit that I was like, mm, I'm going to stay here and be like this and, and rob pay, Peter to pay Paul and hustle and have these three to five jobs on top of a full-time job because, you know, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none, and she's a hustler and she can do this. And I could have stayed in that mental and physical, literally, and spiritual space where I was, and I could still be living there and doing all of that because what I was doing was just numbing myself and being powerless of the life I've always imagined. And for me, that has, that was not okay. Okay. For, so that's, you know, another reason why I really wanted to, you know, move back and kind of really take control of what, um, and how the rest of, you know, my life could be. I can imagine all of these things, right? But I can't, I need to make, I needed to make a big change in order for me to actually like step into, you know, a more of a resilient spirit. And I had some situations and things that happened and I, I think I'll, you know, share later on down when I'm more ready, but I've had things that have made me have a resilient spirit. And then I kind of plateaued a little bit and then something, you know, else would occur and then I would kind of numb and plateau for a little bit. And when I say numb, it, it was basically anything. It was anything to just having like, you know, drinks after work and then just, you know, pat, you know, going to bed. Um, you know, I was just, I was just continuously, I could numb myself with a Netflix series like all the time. I'd watch everything. I could numb myself with, um, you know, just going to work and not really trying. I could have numbed my, I numbed myself in multiple ways. You know, I wasn't being active. I wasn't consistently. I wasn't, um, you know, doing things that got back to being me. You know, I was teaching dance, but I was doing it because now that's another job because I need the money. I wasn't, you know, doing it because I was just like, oh yeah, this is fun again. You know, I wasn't even really finding my passions to be that fun. Things that I once claimed my passions to be, they weren't even really being that fun to me because they became such work. And it was my income. It was my source of, you know, career and income. And I do, and I did love it. But it really wasn't becoming fun again. It was just an obligation, you know. And so... That was just definitely a huge one for me where um, that guidepost, I was just like, oh my God, that was 
that was Heather at 31, 32. Like, that was me just kind of mindlessly, you know, going through life and just doing it because I had to and not really um, getting that resilient spirit back and, like, taking bold action and doing things that made me feel uncomfortable in order for me to get to the next level. And so Guidepost 3 was really, really resonated with me. And to be honest, I don't even know if I'm halfway there. Maybe I, I definitely wasn't halfway there a couple years ago. So I think maybe, yeah, I think part of that assessment on the gas tank on that is, is accurate. It's, a, it's, a, it's halfway. I'm almost there. Um, guidepost 4 was the scarcity and fear of the dark. So letting go, scarcity and fear of the dark, and cultivating gratitude and joy. I'm about a quarter of a tank full. So there's a lot of fear-based thinking that I still have that definitely needs to be, you know, worked on. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, we can't be not fear-based when it comes to, like, worldly. It's more of just me stuff. It's not other outside world things. Like, I'm not scared and maybe this is a bad example, but I'm not scared to ever go on a plane. Oh, my God, the plane could crash. Well, if the plane could crash, then I'm going to die. Like, there's literally nothing I can do about it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not scared of that. That's not what I'm speaking of in regards to the scarcity or fear of the dark. This is more of just, like, not remembering that my gratitude... And my current situation, my gratitude even in my struggles is what is going to remind me of all of the beautiful things life can offer. I think that's where that more or less comes from for me. So everyday gratitude rather than in, in the fear and the scarcity um, of the dark. Guidepost 6 is comparison, letting go of comparison and um, getting more into uh, creativity. And I thank myself for doing that. I thank the podcast and people listening for doing that or helping me, kind of motivating me and continuing to do that um, because this is a wonderful outlet for me. I am so thankful for it. And it's so funny because the, couple, the two weeks I kind of took off and didn't post an episode or what have you, I had more people just randomly text me, message me, um, either on Instagram or on Facebook, um, or even just like a text message and just, or just genuinely complimenting me on the, um, podcast and just, oh my God, that resonated with me. I loved this episode or that's hilarious. I just listened to it while I'm at work and I just crack up and it's just so nice and it's so funny. It's like, I wasn't really expecting um, that while I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to take a little break because there's, you know, summertime sadness, honey. Like, I was just, like, going through a lot of things mentally, and it's just, it was just really weighing heavy on me. So, I thank uh, you all for just saying those kind words, and then also the... Um, letting go of the comparison. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of great um, podcasts and artists, but there's room for everybody. And I genuinely believe that. So I'm letting go of comparison and cultivating creativity 
And I just am so thankful that I am um, about three-fourths of the way full on that tank. Um, so we love that. We love that. Guidepost 7. Um, letting go of exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity as self-worth and cultivating play and rest. Your girl is halfway there. She's not a half a tank. And let me tell you, the martyr role is getting you nowhere. And I have learned that myself. And then once I really started to develop that thinking, and then I that perspective, I should say, then I viewed it of others and just thought, there is no way I am going to live my life based on the value of my productivity and how many hours I worked that week and, I, you know, all the things that I did and look at all of my to-do lists and look at all these checks. Look at everything I accomplished. I'm not basing my value on that. I'm not the opposite and just a lazy potato and blah, blah, blah. I have my goal list. I have my to-do list. I have, you know, my things that I want to accomplish. I even wrote them down for July. Even though it's mid-July, am I a little late? Absolutely. But I'm also letting go of that perfectionism of just like, well, I didn't make my goal list for this month. Um, at on July 1st and now it's uh, July 13th or 14th and now I'm you know I, I missed two weeks like I'm not beating myself up about that you know there's just literal balance in that but I'm definitely truly starting to to get over that exhaustion as a status symbol well you know it's like you know it's like people who only get three to four hours of sleep and they're like oh all I need is you know, three to four hours of sleep or four to five hours of sleep and I'll be fine and then I got to get up and then I got to da 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 And I'm like, first of all, you're going to die. And I straight up tell people that. I'm like, you are going to die. If you continuously get four to five hours of sleep at night, you are going to die. You are going to get sick and you're going to die. And you're going to die a lot younger than your peers are because you felt like your value, placed your value on exhaustion and productivity versus actually getting good rest and understanding that like oh yeah cool so I did three out of the five on my to-do list and you know so-and-so wants me to go on a walk with her and then she maybe you know my friend wants me to go on a coffee date or I want to go on a date with my significant other or my husband or my wife or partner or what have you go do that because those other two things on that list will get done. And if they don't get done that day, that's okay. You know, it's like going um, and doing a little chores or, you know, we all have to do that. Like, don't get me wrong, but there is a true balance of understanding that, like, play and rest are vital to our overall joy. Not happiness, but joy. And when Brene was speaking on Guidepost 7, whoo, honey, I was like, yes, absolutely, 1,000% have, 
have been not perfect. I'm halfway there, but I am really, really starting to let go of that exhaustion as a status symbol. We can get into these, you know, these like momentum of like, holy crap, I'm on a roll. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, you know, but then we get burnt out, right? So we can work our tits off for six to eight months, but then those last, you know, two to four months of the year were absolutely, and I've done this before, so I know, we're absolutely completely burnt out, we're unmotivated, we're insanely depressed, we are not living, we're just going through the motions, we don't know what play is, we're restless, so right, so we're trying to sleep because we don't, now we get to kind of slow down a little bit, it's just this vicious cycle I was putting myself through, and it was just so incredibly incredibly unhealthy um so guidepost seven really just that that was (laughs) that chapter I I actually listened to twice because I just really needed to it to sink in um guidepost eight was um letting go of anxiety as a lifestyle and cultivating calm and stillness I'm a little over half a tank a tiny bit over half a tank this will also give you a short lifespan, you know, um, daily practices of just breathing, stretching, waking up a little bit earlier just so that you can just give yourself time and not like rush and hurry up and get ready. Um, you know, going to the gym is really important for me and it's just so funny because it's like when I started this I'm like of course I don't fucking like exercising like when I'm in it like when I'm in it and I'm like panting and I'm I'm like can barely catch my breath and all of that like of course it's not the most enjoyable moment of my life no but there is just that time where these are only, you know, a few minutes where I'm just like completely breathless or what have you. It's not the whole time. And it just, it's the science of releasing those endorphins that I need because when I give myself that hour in the morning of true exercise, I find myself to be a more kinder person, a more patient person. Um, and I like myself more. Not just on a physical vanity level, but on a mental and emotional level. I need that. I'm not saying everybody has to do the same, you know, circuit training or what have you. But just, like, go on a walk. Pop in the 30 Plus podcast. (laughs) Shameless plug. Or a podcast or a book or what have you. And just give yourself that calm and that stillness, and it's so, so vital. Guidepost nine is letting go of self-doubt and supposed to, and cultivating meaningful work. This one's tough. This one's really tough right now, because the world is slowly stepping out of COVID-19, right? And so, I am very, 
grateful um, and I understand and realize my privilege of me only losing a few months of work because of COVID. I have friends and colleagues that I have worked with in the past that are still trying to recover from not being able to work. At this point, where we are in the world right now, you're supposed to work or you, you know, you have to because, well, shit, (laughs) we gotta, you know, we need food in our belly. We need shelter. I mean, we need the essentials, right? So for me, this was a really big one and I'm only a quarter tank full um, because, you know, I did have and I have had meaningful work jobs and I think as us as millennials it's so important that we have meaningful work you know our parents the baby boomers they were they choose and were ingrained that you are to move up this corporate ladder right and you are to have a career right you are to be a you have to make money you have to work and if you're not moving up you're just not doing better if you're not making more money each year whereas i think millennials we view work as a means to an end right so it's not to say that we're lazy it gets interpreted that we're lazy it gets um you know it gets interpreted that we are entitled that we are, you know, lazy, entitled, whatever people want to label us as. But that's really not the case. We work because, well, we know we have to work. It's a means to an end. We have to work, you know. But cultivating meaningful work is really our sweet spot. You know, we do want to, you know, make a change. We do want people to be impacted in a positive way we do see the crazy amount of you know injustice in discrimination with um, different races in the workplace people of color in the workplace um, women and we want something to change we also want to impact lives and whether it's through some, you know, through our art, through, um, you know, our, 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 you know, nonprofit, um, organizations that we want to be, um, associated with or work for or what have you, we know that we aren't able to change the world in a way that's like, you know, crazy drastic, but we can make these little ripples and effects of change. And, I feel like that is definitely something that I'm still trying to work through because I've always had amazing, meaningful work jobs, but they don't pay enough. So then I find myself in this cycle where I'm like, okay, well, I love this job, but I also need this job and pick up this little side hustle here because like I got to afford I got to afford my apartment. I have to afford my car payment. I have to afford my car insurance. I have to afford my student loan. I have to, I have bills. So I love this meaningful work, but how are we able to 
really put a hundred percent of commitment into ourselves into this meaningful work when we're always out here trying to you know make sure that the student loans the car note the car insurance the rent the electric groceries and god forbid we we you know go out and maybe have a week vacation maybe I mean, you guys, I've never taken a vacation in my entire adult life. And I won't until I go to Italy in November. Genuinely. Now, you can say a vacation is like, I, to me, vacation is not like going home and visiting for a week. That wasn't really a vacation. It was just time off. Like an actual, true vacation. How many millennials can actually say that they have taken themselves on a true vacation? I don't think very many. So, this guide post number nine. And also, I love this meaning for work. And I also loved the book that she recommended. And I can't really think of it. But it was basically of this guy saying, like, um... You know, people are always asking, you know, oh, cool, well, what do you do? What's your job? And she mentioned it in the book as well. And I was just like, I, and she said how she absolutely cringes at that question. And I have always cringed at that question because I'm not just one thing, you know. Um, us millennials, we are, we have multiple, you know, um, we have multiple interests where, you know, like Pharrell Williams says, we're pluralists. We're not single, singulatory people, you know, as our, our parents were, you know, I'm this, I've worked at this company for 30 years. I'm, this is me. This is my identity. My work, our work really isn't our means. It's just a means to an end. It's a job, but it's not our identity, you know? So, when people are asking, like, oh, what do you do? Well, I work in the real estate business. I'm also an actor. I'm also a dancer. I'm also, um, you know, a director. I host a podcast. I, I'm a multiple, I'm, I'm all these things. So she recommended this book. It was just, like, something, many careers. I will post it online um, when I look, when I go back through my notes and things like that, because of course I take notes as I read, as I listen to these books, because it's helpful for me too. Um, But I can't wait to, to read that book because that is, I think that's really going to be definitive for me. Like I don't have to be just one thing. I can actually be multiple things and I'm really, really stepping into that. So guidepost nine was one of my lowest besides the perfectionism. The guidepost nine of, you know, self-doubt to letting go of self-doubt and supposed to and cultivating meaningful work um, was my two lowest. And so that is just something that I really want to step into and value so that I can really create a more wholehearted life. And I love that. Guidepost 10 is um, being cool, letting go of being cool and always in control and cultivating laughter, song, and dance. I am a three-quarters tank full. I am proud to say that I am, but I've always been an individualist. 
I've always not cared if I was cool or not. Um, thankfully, I think that's just kind of who I am to the core. But we always, I'm not perfect, we always do kind of be like, oh, is that cool or not? Should I do that? We second guess ourselves. We don't, you know, give us, you know, the time where, oh, I'm too embarrassed to, um, you know, sing karaoke or I'm, I'm too embarrassed to just start dancing in the middle of the street because it's my song or it's my jam or whatever, you know. Thankfully, because of my performance and theater background, I really started to let go of being cool and always in control. Um, and the last one is unclear, letting go of unclear and uncommitted values and cultivating value, clarity, and commitment. And those are daring values. So, um, this was really just something that I, it's, it's a part of you. What are your values? Being very clear on your values and your commitments and what you want to bring to the world. Um, is like our backbone I feel like it's our backbone to who we are and like what are non-negotiables thankfully I'm three quarters of the way full on that as well um again not perfect some things are unclear um you know there's a lot of things unclear um but there are there are things where I can not not live in the gray, and it does have to be a very dogmatic um, situation for me. So I know that was a lot. I know that was a lot, but I just wanted to share kind of where my head has been these past couple of weeks, why I haven't been on the pod or creating an episode, but I promise you guys that um, it was just a good two weeks. She needed to finish that book. She needed some downtime and some unplug time with in at the lake with her fam. Um, she just needed to kind of go within herself, experience the summertime sads because the summer sads are real, okay? Um, and just kind of, you know, go through all of these motions, rest, and give myself a pause. Hence, 30 pause. So I really appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate those sweet, kind, as if messages that I've received in my little two-week hiatus. That was beyond unexpected and so sweet of you all and I just genuinely genuinely thank you um so I'm gonna leave you this with this another Brene Brown quote y'all I love me some BB I call her BB um so I'm gonna leave you with this quote I hope you have an amazing week I'm going to be back next week and I love y'all and remember what Brene says no matter what gets done and how much is left undone, I am enough. It's going to bed at night thinking, yes, I am imperfect and vulnerable and sometimes afraid. But that doesn't change the truth that I am also brave and worthy of love and belonging. 
Ooh. Yes, Brene. Honey, she's going to finish this truly. Knock out an episode of Sex Life. Pack for the gym. She's just fucking growing. And I hope you're fucking growing too. And screw these summer sads. But maybe appreciate these summer sads too. Because these are the times where just where the growth is real. And, the, and it, we go through extreme highs and extreme lows all the time. But sometimes we need the summer sads. And we need that cancer season to just have us get real in tune with these emotions. You know what I mean? All right. I'll leave you with that. Have an amazing week. Um, and I will catch y'all on the flip side. Thank you.